Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and welcome to Directional Ministries. Uh, the other day, Sunday, October the 6th, actually, I wrote a post called Dispensationalism Revisited. And uh, I just wanted to share that in an audio format. Um, I believe that the apostles were dispensational in the way that they viewed the scriptures. Uh, I believe to them it was simple. The Messiah had come as per all the Old Testament prophecies. He was going to restore the kingdom and thus fulfill the, de the, the Davidic and the Abrahamic covenants just as God had promised. No, they did not see the cross. I mean, this is evidenced both by their increased questioning as to who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Um, the, even James and John's mother, who ask a favor of Jesus in regards to her children sitting on their right and their left. Uh, and it's obvious when Peter rebuked Christ for even suggesting his purpose for returning to Jerusalem was his death. Um, eventually, the cross came, and they were demoralized, obviously. But after the resurrection, and some obvious clarification that was laid out by Christ during the 40 days that he was with them between his resurrection and his ascension, they were re-energized. Because the purpose of the cross had apparently been made clear, Moving forward, their focus stayed the same in that they were still looking for the restoration of the promised kingdom. They were still looking for it. In Acts 1, verse number 6, And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? These guys were looking for a physical kingdom that was promised to them in the Old Testament. This is evidenced by the fact that their message never changed. They were preaching the same message after the cross that they were preaching prior to the cross. Repent and be baptized. In Acts 2 and verse number 37, Now when they heard this after Peter's Pentecostal sermon, they were pricked in their heart, and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. No, he did not say that. He said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Their message never changed. They were still looking for a physical kingdom. Sadly, as we know, ultimately, their message was rejected by the nation of Israel. And, and bear in mind, it was not about an individual salvation uh, the, the, the gospel of the kingdom was not about an individual salvation because we have in the book of Acts at least 5,000 that believed in that message. But it was about a national salvation. The, the, the country, the nation 
was called to repentance, and it did not. Therefore, God raised up the Apostle Paul to start what would become the church age. And bear in mind, um, that wasn't until Acts chapter number 9. Yes, initially, Paul did preach the same kingdom gospel that the apostles preached. It's all that he knew. However, at some point between his departure, after being in Jerusalem for three years, and his return back to Jerusalem some 14 years later uh, to attend the council that took place in Jerusalem, the mystery of the church had been revealed to him. And he was now preaching, yes, a different gospel, the gospel of grace. Now, there's no doubt that Peter and the others realized that something was changing. I mean, look at the conversion of, of Cornelius in Acts chapter number 10. But he did not fully understand what was going on, I believe, until the council in Jerusalem when Paul returned and explained it to them more fully. It was at that point that Paul's gospel was confirmed by the twelve. And in, in Galatians chapter 2, it says, And I went up by revelation, and I communicated unto them, speaking of the apostles, that gospel which I preach unto the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. So it was confirmed by them, Peter, James, and John at the Council of Jerusalem. And the Bible says from there they parted. The twelve still remained with the Jews in Jerusalem, still preaching the gospel of the kingdom, fully expecting the kingdom. And Paul, from that point forward, went to the Gentiles preaching the grace gospel. Again, they are not the same. The first is still under the law and the other is under the new dispensation of grace. The church today is having a real hard time understanding this. It must be understood that the timeline never changed for the apostles. As per Daniel's prophecy and many others in the New Testament, their expectation and hope were that Israel would eventually repent nationally. And Daniel's 70th week would commence and would culminate with Christ's second coming, the establishment of the kingdom, and yes, their setting on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel, just as they were promised back in Matthew chapter number 19. This is reflected in all of their writings without exception. This apparently remained a hope until the eventual destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD and the death of John. One would do well to remember that when you're reading anything in the Hebrew epistles, James through Jude in the New Testament. They were always addressing the believing Jews and preparing them for the tribulation that they expected would come. This is lost, my friend, on the vast majority of the church today. And I'll be honest, even in my own years of ministry, I have missed this.
Paul, on the other hand, had turned to the Gentiles and the establishment of the church, the body of Christ. As such, the apostles were teaching the gospel of the kingdom that required repentance and baptism, while Paul was teaching the gospel of grace that required only belief in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Failure, I believe, to see this transition is the reason for so much confusion in the church today. You look at doctrines like baptismal regeneration. You have to be baptized to be saved. You look at amillennialism. You look at postmillennialism. You look at preterism. You look at replacement theology. You look at the vast majority of the Pentecostal movement. You look at those saying you got to endure to the end or you're going to lose your salvation. Where are they getting all of that? The gospel of the kingdom. They're getting it from the apostles. In my opinion, it is only through the lens of dispensationalism that this can be clearly seen. Unfortunately, it is clear from the writings of Paul that most of the churches that even he had founded and mentored eventually turned their backs on him and the gospel of grace and placed themselves back under the law and the gospel of the kingdom. In Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. You see, you can add grace to law and it doesn't change, but if you add law to grace, you've ruined it. And quite frankly, it's been that way ever since. Um, finding the church in the Gospels, for example. How do you find the church in the Gospels and in the other writings of the apostles? By rejecting the gospel of grace that Paul preached. And with that in mind, and the fact that the kingdom never came, in their ignorance, and I believe, following the writings of Augustine, they began to spiritualize and to allegorize the texts to make it say what they wanted it to say. And as a result, the church became Israel. They were now living in this kingdom. The Pope was the vicar of Christ on earth and Rome became the holy city. Amillennialism. And the Protestant Reformation did little to change this, the, this theology other than to reject the authority of the Pope and to gravitate away from amillennialism to postmillennialism. And sadly, neither of them interpret the Bible literally, and both of them lead to preterism. My contention is that dispensationalism was not lost, it was purposefully left. And historically, it would not come back around until around Jonathan Edwards, Charles Finney on the edge of the Second Great Awakening, that progressive revelation, which is dispensationalism, was revisited. Wrongly so, however, as they waited for the kingdom that would apparently begin in America as a result of Joel 2 and Acts 2 being fulfilled. 
Yes, they thought America was going to be that great city on a hill. My friend, that city on the hill is in Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 14. And they were waiting for it. Unfortunately, the reality, I believe, of the Civil War shattered any thought of that happening anytime soon. Dispensationalism did not come full circle until a man by the name of John Nelson Darby of the Plymouth, Plymouth Brethren in Great Britain. And it became known as the Dispensational Era. Darby's teaching was popularized in the United States by Cyrus Ingerson Schofield. And the vehicle was the Schofield Study Bible and the subsequent rise of fundamentalism in the United States. And that was between 1857 and 1956. And sadly, it came to an end with the advent of, dis of evangelicalism, which is another topic for another day. <laughs> and the bottom line is that dispensationalism is not some new contrived invention as many would suggest. We are merely returning to a literal interpretation of scripture. If you literally interpret the scripture, you will be a dispensationalist. If you do not, then you will fall toward covenant theology. You will fall toward reformed theology. You will go toward amillennialism, postmillennialism, preterism, if you spiritualize and allegorize the scriptures. Hope that helps you. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.